The Golf Unfiltered Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coghill Golf and Country Club, who we are happy and proud to partner with once again this year. Coghill features 72 holes of championship golf, including the world-famous Dubs Dread. They have a completely renovated practice area and driving range. It's essentially an academy that you can go and spend not only the day improving your game, but at night they've got lights now and two bars as well as a food truck to spend some quality time with some friends and family. They've been doing it this way since 1927, folks. Go out to coghillgolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Sharp Focus Nutrition. Let's face it, when you go out and play golf, you probably don't eat and drink very well. Well, a couple hot dogs, a few beers, yeah, we get it. Sharp Focus Nutrition replaces all of that with a systematic way to not only stay replenished throughout your round, but to also improve your game in doing so. Go out to sharpfocusnutrition.com to learn about their system. Let them know that we sent you. Pick up a system right now. Sharpfocusnutrition.com. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. This is the Golf and Filter Podcast. Joining you today are all the members of the Golf and Filter team, Adam, Nikki, Dan, at least on my screen around here. How's everyone doing today? Good. Great. It's a Friday. Well, when we're recording this, it's Friday, so it's a good day. Dan, how you doing, I'll, buddy? I'll, I'll, I'm okay. I'll have a better answer for you uh, later tonight because, like Nikki said, we're recording on a Friday. We got game five of the Panther series tonight, so... Uh, Fingers crossed we finally close them out tonight, and then it'll be even better. <laughs> do you got that uh, that Florida Panthers alternate logo on your shirt? Is that what I saw? I, I do. Yep. Look at that. Let me see if I can get that into the screen there a little bit better. But, yep, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. It's America's <laughs> team, apparently. They're, what, up 3-1? Is that the 3-1, right yeah. Now? Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I did not get to see them sweep, close out the sweep on uh, Wednesday when I was at game four, but it's okay. As long right. as they can close it out tonight, it'll make it all still worth it. Excellent. Excellent. Well, there's a lot going on and we haven't had the chance to record as a team in a little while. Obviously, there's been some interviews. If uh, longtime listeners have listened to the podcast as well as the YouTube channel, by the way, go out and follow us on YouTube at Golf Unfiltered. Uh, but we got some really important uh, golf news and stuff that's been coming up. For example, we've got another major coming up we're going to talk about. But in the meantime, there have been other things that have been happening and it seems like it's all off the golf course. The first of which is, and I know we like to joke about this, there's another golf tournament that we were all watching this week. Maybe. I don't watch much golf. The Byron Nelson. Uh, golf fatigue is something that we like to joke about as a group. And what that means is essentially, is there too much golf? So maybe that's the headline for today's episode. But what do you guys think about just this every single week as a group of three of us that follow golf, report on golf, what, what are we feeling with this fatigue thing? Nikki, why don't you kick us off? I mean, I, I, just, I have like just general fatigue anyway, like outside of golf. Um, I'm, I'm the type of person that like it hits like from three to five. I'm like nap time. Um, yeah. So you add trying to keep up with golf on top of that, on top of trying to like do this and do my actual regular job and be a mom and be like all the other things. It's like, it's just, it's just too much sometimes, you know? And like, mm -hmm. I can't, 
imagine the, like for golfers, like, I mean, yeah, that is their sole job, but just every single week over and over and over. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was talking with, um, I know we were talking with you guys and we were talking with some other people about just John Rahm specifically. I don't think the guy has stopped. It, it doesn't no. seem like, um, since like February, since like the Genesis, it feels mm-hmm. like, I mean, I, he's been out there playing tournaments that like he, he could very well not play in. And I mean, kudos to him for being out there and kudos to him for playing mm-hmm. in them. But like he, he could take a break if he wanted to, but like, then they have the tour set up now with these like elevated events to where some of these guys, they can't take a break. And then I don't know. It's just like, to me, it's, it's too much sometimes. Like some weekends I'm like, do I I have to watch golf? Like, is there anything (laughs) else on TV? Right. Please. Dan, I know you agree. Oh, I mean, listen, you, you and I talked about this a little bit yesterday when we were trying to come up, not come up when we were talking about potential topics, you know, we just touched on the intro, but down here in South Florida, you know, we're in a unique position right now as sports fans. We have both the heat and the Panthers as eight seeds who weren't even supposed to make the playoffs now going on these deep playoff runs. Also in South Florida this time of year, for the most part, the seasonal people down here that were taking up our golf courses and making it impossible to get out with and not play and have five hour rounds. And for the most part gone back home. So now our golf courses are back open. So now it's actually time for us to be able to go out and play, play our own golf too. That's going on. Mickey touched on it, but obviously the three of us, we are all married. We are all, we all have significant others. Adam, you and I don't have kids like Nikki does, but still just in our daily lives of having significant others, we have Mm -hmm. obligations that we are involved in that we just have to do as adults with life that, you know, so it's just like, there are times where it's like, where am I supposed to fit watching yet another golf tournament in, 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 and on top of that, now the PGA tour has essentially told us that if it's not an elevated event, it's not important anymore. So now it's like, <laughs> right. Well, if you're not giving us an elevated event, then really why, why, when am I finding the time to watch this? And if you, you know, you just think about the last couple of weeks or months or so in general, you know, mm-hmm. we had the masters, obviously I kind of had the, the free pass that weekend, whatever you want to call it, to sit on the couch all weekend and watch golf and not have to do anything. We immediately, that was followed up with a, another elevated event, which I watched as much as I could. But once again, like the weekend before that, I literally did nothing but watch the Masters. So obviously there were things that had to be done that I had neglected that weekend before that needed to be done that following weekend. Then, you know, it's just, I, I almost hate to say it. And once again, you and I mentioned this yesterday, Adam, Mm-hmm. politics aside and who the financial backers are aside maybe live had something right all along well, with the with a with a with a more spread out schedule throughout the year well that's just it too and you know it's funny too because um i had mentioned that i don't really watch much golf anymore like oh no this guy who owns a website doesn't watch golf but i really don't because aside from the majors i, I just you know, even working from home these days, it's it's readily available. Um, some of the elevated events I might watch around, maybe, but it's just it seems like it's one of those things where it's always available, and so you can always just kind of tune in at your own leisure. But in the same instance, it's like, all right, well, it's always there, so why would I make it appointment television? You know, and that's just from our viewpoint of watching it. The players and Nikki, you bring up Rom, you know, and and certainly all the guys that decided to jump over to live, you know, there is probably a good point there. 
You know, it's it's a matter of, all right, are they setting themselves up, the tours, are they setting them, themselves up really in the best interest of the players? Or are they doing it just for sponsors and fans? And I think some of the most recent moves, at least on the PGA Tour side with the elevated events and, and what have you, they're not doing that for the players' benefit. They're going to say, you know, it's for these huge purses. No, it's 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 all related to money. Mm. I think the biggest indictment you could say on the tour schedule and the, and the biggest proof that um, these guys are just burnt out is that Rory McIlroy and now granted we joke about you know oh that's a rounding error for him he's not going to miss it but at the end of the day he is he gave oh, he gave up three million dollars so he could yeah. just take a couple weeks off and not have to keep playing golf like think about that at the end of the day like to put it into perspective of like quote-unquote normal people imagine you being so burnt out at your job that you literally went to your boss and was like hey guess what I'm just basically going to take a month off a month sabbatical you don't have to pay me while I'm taking this month off. I'm not going to do anything involving work, but like, I'm just not going to show up for the next month and uh, you don't, you don't give me checks, but I'm just not going to be here. And so, yes, I understand it's not directly apples or oranges because Ferrari not getting that $3 million is nothing to him. Whereas if right for most part, if we were to take a month off, it would obviously hurt our, our bottom line, but still, I mean, he literally was like, here, you, here's $3 million back. I don't want this. I want, I'm more concerned about my mental health and well-being and just being a father and spending some time around my family. You know, John Rahm, same thing after the Mexican Open. He's like, guys, I'm just, I'm out. I'm taking some time off. Even in the case of Jordan Spieth, who has, now granted, it's a wrist injury, but you have to wonder how much was, did, did his playing schedule and the fact that he felt he needed to keep playing so much factor into that wrist injury. I mean, we, you, you look at athletes in other sports, usually injuries are a result of tired, being tired, fatigued, overexerting yourself. And then when that happens is when you get hurt. So mm-hmm. there's, there's three major examples of three of these, of these stars that are supposed to be the center of these elevated events, basically saying, yeah, great. You can make these elevated events, but uh, I'm not necessarily going to show up to them. I think Roy did come out after the fact and say that the reason that he skipped the heritage was because of a, um, a family emergency and he Mm -hmm. didn't elaborate on that. And he said he wasn't going to, um, but which is fine. I don't think we need to know it's none of our business. Um, but at the same time, you know, everyone was speculating at the time and there is, there is comparison to be had whether, um, you know, before when he was saying when there was speculation around if he's taking off for his mental health versus Jordan saying that he's not going to play for an injury, which is more considered like physical health. And Mm -hmm. is there, are people letting Jordan off the hook because, Oh, well, it's an injury. It's a physical health. And are people like people just absolutely slammed Rory for it. And people were just like, you know, Oh, look at Rom. He's so great. He's playing for the kids and Rory needs to take some lessons from this. And like Rory needs to do better. And they just did not let up on him. Even when people were saying, well, it's for his mental health. Mm-hmm. And even if it, let's say, even if Jordan is doing it for his mental health, like whatever for, for Jordan to come out and say, no, I'm doing this because I need to rest my wrist. People are like, Oh yeah, we totally understand that. Rest your wrist. Right. You need to do that. It's, it's, I don't know. There's such a double standard there for us to just excuse it when it comes to um, like a physical injury versus a 
no, my, my brain cannot Mm -hmm. handle this anymore. Like I'm going to burn out and snap and lose my mind. Mm -hmm. We all excuse tiger when he's like, no, I can't walk. I need to rest if I'm going to play in the next major, like, no, my back is done. You know, I need Mm -hmm. to skip every tournament except for a major, you know, we all excuse that. But what if tiger had said, you know, no, I can't. Even when tiger did say I need to take some time off of golf because this is affecting my like mental health, like the, all of the, the scandals and all of that, we were like, boo, like right. get back out there. You're supposed to be playing. And because it was related more to his mental health and the scandal and how that all was affecting him rather than when he was just saying, no, my back is bad. We were like, Oh no, we, we understand, man. We understand. Get, get healthy, man. Get back out there soon. And it's like, it's such a double standard for, for yeah. that. It, it really is. Like, and, 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 you know, like listening to what these players are saying and even just in other forms of life too. I mean, like pop stars or movie stars, you know, it's just this constant feeling that these, uh, these human beings of a certain stature in society have to always be on you know, and, and when we've all got cameras, this is an old tired cliche, but we all have cameras. We've all got social media and anything that you do, especially if you show any weakness is going to be elevated and, and exaggerated to the nth degree. And especially in Rory's case, you know, he has this in a way inherited the torch, so to speak, kind of continuousing, uh, continuousing, <laughs> continuing the legacy of like Arnold Palmer and and others for the PGA tour, you'd have to imagine that this is a guy who in the past many years ago, even wondered if he still wanted to play golf. Remember that many years ago, there was this, this mentality of, wow, Rory's body language, you know, like does he even want to be out there? Now I'm talking like maybe eight years ago, but now with the live stuff, he's been elevated to this podium that Mm -hmm. requires him to be constantly on i would imagine that probably tuckers him out dan you were you were going to say something yeah i think it's also just you know friendly reminder to everyone too out there that you know i think we almost forget at times too because all this money is now getting thrown around Mm -hmm. and live has come around and live is their model is more contract based but these PGA tour golfers at the end of the day, they are still independent contractors. You know, I, I know the money is, is grown a lot and they're getting, you know, big, big dollar amounts are getting thrown around and whatnot. But at the end of the day, they are independent contractors. They literally get to choose their schedule. Uh, and I think right. that we have to remember that and remind ourselves that like these guys aren't under any sort of contractual. Well, I guess now some of them are under a contractual obligation from the standpoint of, of the, player impact program money if they want that money but even then like rory rory showed all of us that hey guess what like i'm i'm still an independent contractor and so yeah if i don't want to play i'll give that money back that's fine and uh that's a decision that i'm going to make for myself and my family's well-being and you know it's funny that i just thought about this too as you say you know rory basically gave up those three million dollars for his mental health and well-being and for his family it's not that much different than those lives guys taking all that money to play less golf mm. for their mental health and their family's well-being. So I guess, you know, once again, where the money's coming from and the political part of it aside, maybe live wasn't mm. so crazy out there with what they decided to do as far as 
a, a shorter schedule, spreading it out more throughout the year, giving these guys a little bit more off time to rest and recover and to just once again, like you mentioned, Adam, at the end of the day, they're still human beings. They have wives, they have kids, they have families, they have significant others. And so just while we all make a priority to have our own work-life balances in our lives, you know, just because they're athletes doesn't mean that they shouldn't also be afforded those same luxuries to have a work-life balance as well. I think the bigger point is that we, we don't know what people are dealing with in their own personal lives either. Um, I don't know. I don't know if any of y'all watched Ted Lasso, um, but um, love that show. Spoiler. Well, it's not even a spoiler alert, but uh, there's a really, really, really great clip from this most recent week's episode um, where they're talking about one of the, uh, this isn't really a spoiler, but one of the players kind of snaps on a fan in the stands who's um, screaming some really terrible stuff at them um, because they're playing bad. And, you know, the, one of the coaches gives a press conference later and he's like, look, these, these fans, they think that because they buy a ticket, they have a right to come out here and just say whatever they want to us because they bought a ticket. Um, and sure, maybe they think they have that right because they paid the price to come in here. But what they're forgetting is that, that they have, these players have lives outside of what's happening on the field. They have their own personal things going on and none of us know what that is. Um, and I won't, I won't spoil the, the clip, but it's, um, there's a lot more personal stuff to it. And it made me absolutely sob because it was so good. Um, but I mean, I think we forget that sometimes too. And, you know, case in point, I mean, like Rory withdrew because he had a family emergency and we don't know right. what that was. We don't need to know what that was. It's none of our business, but, um, and for all of us to sit here and talk about, you know, oh, well, he shouldn't have done it or he shouldn't have done this or, you know, I mean, even even for Jordan, even for him to come forward and say, you know, oh, well, I have this wrist injury for us to say, well, is it really a wrist injury? Is it mm-hmm. like, is it really because, you know, does he actually need a break? Whatever. We don't know what's going on in people's personal lives. I mean, even even looking back at like the Masters, when we were talking about like Brooks not being able to handle the pressure and like, why did he break? You know, none of us knew at the time that Jenna was pregnant. And like the pressure, the added pressures of that going into like that final round and knowing how much Augusta actually means to them and their relationship and the fact that they met there and the fact that they like that, that tournament means so much to them. And now she's pregnant and now he's about to win. And like how much that that's adding on to the pressures of him winning that tournament. And all of what we were doing was speculating about how like, oh, Liv is adding the pressures to him losing and all that stuff, you know, so none of us knew all of that extra added pressure. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that's something to think about is like we continue these conversations about fatigue and, and how the, the, the tour schedule is adding on is yeah. We look at the, just the schedule and the weekly, like this is too much golf, but like, or is it too much golf? Um, but is it too much golf in addition to, we have no idea what they're dealing with right. day to day, you know? Golf Unfiltered is proud to partner once again with Mizuno Golf for 2023. Mizuno Golf is offering their new JPX 923 irons. And if you haven't heard about these yet, go out to our YouTube channel and see a full fitting that I do with Mizuno at Coghill Golf and Country Club. These irons are spectacular. They've got three medals, five different options of irons spanning the player's spectrum. So you are for sure going to find something great for your game. Go out to MizunoUSA.com today to learn more. Yeah, that you know what's really interesting about that too. And Dan, you touched on the um, 
the other pressures. Uh, sponsorships, I believe, are going to change eventually because um, listeners, if you don't know, a lot of these uh, brand contracts have a clause that include a minimum world golf ranking that they must maintain. And this has really sparked and, and could transition into our second topic of, you know, all the arguments and the debate around the official world golf ranking. Uh, before we get into that, I, I think it's important for us to all remember, and Nikki, to your point too, where there is a lot going on. There are all these life things happening. And yet, while the three of us could probably, you know, tell a boss, uh, you know, hey, I need, I need a couple days off. These guys have multiple bosses, if you want to think of it that way. You know, they're all independent contractors, yes, but they've also got these contracts that they have to maintain certain levels. And I could only imagine, or I couldn't imagine the pressures that come along with that to maintain these things. And so, you know, one of the things that uh, has also been hot on the socials, on the Twitters has been, you know, everything that live golf has been saying and members specifically Phil Mickelson regarding the official world golf ranking. And just as a quick rundown, I think this really came to a head with the whole Taylor Gooch situation where he wins two tournaments at live golf back to back. And he technically does not, or literally does not qualify for the U S open due to a change recently to that criteria. Now I don't have all the details in front of me, but at the, in the nutshell, that's what's going on. And of course, what we've heard now, as we've been hearing from live is that suddenly there's collusion not allowing these players to get world ranking points. What What's our reaction to this whole saga? Do we care? My reaction is they knew what the criteria was for the world golf rankings before they created this tour. Right. So why would you create a tour that has different criteria for eligibility for world golf rankings and then complain that you're not getting world golf rankings? Like right. that's, that's been my stance the whole time. I mean, don't, don't break the rules basically. And then complain that you're getting in trouble for breaking the rules. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I tell my toddler, you know, like it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not that difficult. Not only that, I mean, the, the players also knew what they were doing when they got involved in this, um, the players knew that it, at least in the beginning, they weren't going to get world golf ranking points for this. And if they didn't know, or they say they didn't know either a they're lying or B they didn't do their due diligence. And if it's mm. the second one, then that's on them for not for signing a contract without knowing what they were signing up for. So once again, I don't have sympathy for any of them as I literally two minutes ago was saying, Hey, maybe live was doing something right here at the end of the, at the same point, I don't have sympathy for any of them from this standpoint because they knew what they were doing when they did it. So, you know, like Nikki said, it's, it would be like her toddler, you know, knowing that if he broke something, he was going to get in trouble and then being shocked after he broke something that he got in trouble. It's like, well, mm -hmm. you knew going in what there was the end consequence of this was going to be. And if you didn't, then you didn't think it through before doing it. So either way, right. it's like, that's on you. Yeah. And yeah. you know, for further background about the world golf rankings too. I mean, I wrote a piece on this a little bit on the website. You can go out to golfandfilter.com to read it. The, the world golf rankings were started by IMG, which is a sports agency back, I believe it was in the 90s is when it started. And 
the whole reason that the world golf rankings were created were really to elevate those players under that agency umbrella. I mean, there are going to be people who debate that, but that's really why it was created. And then in the early 2000s, the world golf ranking was essentially acquired by a foundation called the uh, world golf ranking limited or the OWGR limited. That foundation is comprised of the PGA tour, European tour, Augusta national, the PGA uh, of America and other uh, entities that, by the way, Live Golf has talked shit about for the entirety of their existence. And so we're going to sit back and, you know, to your both of your points, they knew what the criteria was going in out of some stubbornness or whatever. And that's more my opinion than anything. They decided to not follow that, understanding that the foundation was comprised of all these people that they have been crapping on the entire time. And now they're surprised that they're not getting world ranking points. I just don't there there is a break from reality that I have yet to make sense in my mind that these guys are following. And that is I can't believe I'm going to say this. And that is even completely aside from the product of live golf itself. Like they didn't even set themselves up to succeed. I mean, I it just continues to go on and on and on. And Nikki, I agree with you, too, because this is something that you would expect in any other walk of business. If you're starting something, you got to know the rules you got to play within. Just makes sense to me. It's like, I mean, I know I made the joke before, but it, it's literally like when my, when my kid keeps calling me dude over and over and over <laughs> and it drives me up the walls and I say, <laughs> okay, if you call me dude one more time, you're going to go sit in timeout. And he says, okay, dude. And then I go put him in timeout and he flips his lid and wonders, why am I in timeout? I don't want to be in timeout. It's like, do you not, like I just said what the parameters were like, and that's exactly what's happening here. Like they're all flipping out. They're all sitting in timeout, flipping their lid, wondering Mm. why am I not getting to play in these tournaments? Because, you know, and we're saying, we just gave you the parameters. We just said if you do this, you will not be able to do this. And now mm-hmm. they're sitting in timeout wondering, why did I do, what did I do wrong? And they're mad and they're pouting. And like, it's, yeah. It's, it's today's ridiculous. episode. Today's episode title is now going to be called dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen to your mother. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Your mother. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, happy early mother's day, Nikki. I, oh, thank you very much. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You. Um, yeah, it's it's been a an interesting saga to say the least. And you know, I think the inadvertent comic relief in this whole thing has been Phil Mickelson, at least in my view. I mean, the guy just doesn't shut his mouth anymore. He goes on Twitter, which is always the best place to air your dirty laundry or grievances to the world, is on Twitter. And he's most recently, I forgot what it even said, but he was essentially calling out Mike Wan, um, you know, certainly Jay Monahan. Uh, then he deleted the tweet. What what are your guys' opinions on Phil's purpose with live golf right now he's not winning tournaments he did play well at the masters of course but what what, what purpose does he serve right now so for well, me i do think it's comical that he's only using twitter for this because uh, for his rants and i think it has a lot to do with getting burned by Shipnuck because i yep. think it was uh i think it was colt who reached out and was like when they were going back and forth arguing about something and he was like hey like 
I'd love to sit down and chat with you about this. Like we're, I'll fly to you anytime. And he was like, no, thanks. I prefer to do this, keep this over Twitter. And I think it's exactly because of the like off the record incident. And he wants Mm -hmm. everything to be, he wants to have a paper trail now. He wants all of his like comments, whatever they may be to have a paper trail. And even the ones that are off the wall that he now, that he deletes, at least there's a paper trail, you know, like, and yeah, he deleted it, but there's, there's still a paper trail, you know, like he can't Mm -hmm. say that it was, oh, well that was supposed to be off the record, you know? So I think he's trying to keep everything in a place that he can point back to and said, "Uh uh-uh, actually I said this, like, Mm -hmm. So for, for me, I think in the beginning when this whole ship thing, ship nuck thing happened, he got exposed and then he kind of ran away and went into hiding. <laughs> and, you know, it, everyone was curious to see, okay, well, when he came out of hiding, what Phil was he going to be? Was he going to try to go back to being the lovable, lovable Phil of old? Or was he going to come out and embrace basically being the heel of golf now? And right. he clearly has embraced being the heel of golf now to, you know, Mm -hmm. to put it, to put it into wrestling terms, he is the Hulk Hogan of the NWO now, as far (laughs) as if like he, but, and he has gone all in on being, I am going to be the most hated man in golf now and bring it on. And I'm going to do it. Like Nikki said, I'm going to do it all on Twitter now because I'm now going to control my own narrative and I'm going to have my receipts. So nobody can try to claim that I said this or didn't say this or whatever. It's all going to be out there in the open. Except when he deletes his tweets, but then even then, the internet is forever, and there's always screenshots. So, what's so oh, interesting yeah. is he's not winning any live tournaments, but then he comes out and places second at Augusta, like, right, like nobody saw that coming because of how bad he's been playing on the live tour. So, like, is he purposely playing so bad so that we just don't Ooh. know, like? how good he is anymore like is he is he just like pulling a like Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation on us so that when he shows up to majors that he's still eligible for he's like gotcha you know or like this is all gonna or is it just a total like well you know or is it just because he knows that course really well you know like I don't know I'm not trying to discredit him because he did play really well that weekend but at the same time like He's playing so bad on these live events. And I, is it just the, the format of the live events and the way that they're set up? Is it the team aspect of it all? Is it just, he's totally like hoodwinking us? I don't know. We, we know how this is going to end. This is going to end with him winning the U.S. Open this year. He's going to complete the career Grand Slam. And his Ugh. victory lap is going to happen on the live tour where five people are watching on a random Saturday on the CW. Like, that's how this is ending. That's how this is going to end. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, that's that's terrifying if that really does happen. Yeah. I love that, the I mean, Jekyll I, and Hyde. Yeah. I, I feel like that would be a fitting end for Phil's career, though. For him, like, of, of everything he's done in his life, and he was missing that U.S. Open, and he's basically going to now get it in complete and total obscurity on the other side of the world where nobody's watching it now. After Absolutely. the U.S. Open. Everyone will be watching the U.S. Open, and then the next week he'll go play in, you know, Singapore or something somewhere where five people on a Saturday afternoon are going to be watching it on the CW. And it's like, there's your coronation, buddy. I hope you're happy. That would be really funny, actually. Yeah, it would be. It would be. And, hey, you know what? I'm on this train. I like this. Uh, <laughs> you know, 
to kind of like I love continue the chaos this. of it. Like, let's just it's, do well, it. I love it. I love it. And I, so that made me think, Dan, too, about like if he does, it's the greatest marketing ploy for Live Golf ever. Hey, you want to come see the U.S. Open champion? Subscribe to the CW. <laughs> you know, it's like you got to. That would be the best possible thing for a minute. Because even tuned. when the Live. Right. Stay tuned after One Tree Hill so you can watch the U.S. <laughs> Open defending U.S. Open champion play, you know, in a tournament that nobody's watching. Uh, come watch this old man uh, play. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, You know, I was I was shocked and appalled at his rapid weight loss. And he is just a characterization of himself or a caricature or whatever it is at this point. But, you know, I have gone in my fandom of really loving Phil Mickelson to really loathing Phil Mickelson in such a like aggressive way. I don't even know what to think of this man anymore. And, you know, I don't know where things went wrong, but probably when he placed a horrible bet, but um, where's Amy? That's what I want to know. We haven't seen Amy. (laughs) I mean, where, where did she go? I I mean, I know that all kidding aside, I know that they've got some some uh, well-documented health issues. I hope everything is okay. But where's Amy? She she was always out there. She was always like a constant, you know, uh, if not in the gallery, you know, awaiting things. But something's up. I don't know. I don't even know. Nikki's, Nikki's <laughs> making faces like she may know some things, but. I know uh, nothing. No, that's okay. not the face of, no, that's the face of, um, uh, um, I'm not gonna make any comments because you left us speechless, Adam. You stumped us. No, <laughs> not it, literally stumped us, but you know, right? Rhetorical, rhetorical in nature, of course. We don't want to, yeah. you know, uh, certainly uh, guess or, or um, I can't think of the word I want to use. But at any rate, all of that to say, that's going to continue. All of the drama. It's something that I think has become, at least for me, very annoying. Um, I hope that we can get past it at some point. I think. Regarding live and the PGA tour, I'm at least in a spot where let's just figure something out. You know, if it's going to exist, let it exist. We don't have to like it. We don't have to agree with whatever, but if it's going to be there, just let it happen. And then maybe it draws even more eyeballs to these majors where you're going to have those uh, at least four times a year opportunities to see those two tours play against each other. You know, that that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Um, it, it stinks. Some of the players that we've, we've lost and it would be great to, you know, if they express interest in wanting to come back for them to be able to come back, because I think that's the biggest thing right now is that like, you know, the, the deal about them having to pay back like their, their signing bonus times three or something like Mm -hmm. that's undoable. You know, that's like, that's a ridiculous amount of money, even for them because of how much money it was. So that's the part that kind of stinks. It's like, they're just stuck. You know, and I, I know I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think I think they got scammed. I think it is a like semi like MLM or like a, mm-hmm. you know, yep. pyramid scheme of, of sorts that they got roped into. Um, and I think on that aspect of things, some of some of them anyway, yeah. got a little bit scammed. Um, some of them knew exactly what was going on, knew exactly what was happening. So I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. I still have very mixed feelings about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Dan, where are you at? I think 
listen, uh, the, the majors don't need to do anything to market themselves. They are the majors. They are already the four most important tournaments of the year that even the most casual of golf fans will tune into. That being said, um, I think we might come to a point in the very near future as these guys on live continue to drop out of the world golf rankings as far as top 50, top 100, you know, these, these number criteria that they need to be in to qualify for the majors. I think it would behoove the majors at some point to change their criteria up, not even necessarily to embrace the live versus PGA tour dynamic, but just to acknowledge and accept the fact that while the, these guys on the live tour might only be playing 54 holes and the competition might not be, as good as some of these PGA tour events and they're not getting world ranking points. They're still some of the best golfers in the world. I mean, Cam mm -hmm. Smith is still one of the best golfers in the world, whether he plays on the PGA tour on live on the Asian tour on the year, wherever he shows up with his golf clubs, he is going to be one of the best golfers in the world. And mm -hmm. so if, as the, if, as these majors, if you really want to be the tournaments that showcase the best golfers in the world, then you're going to have to figure out how to get these live guys into your events without involving the world ranking points. Now, yes, some of them like Cam Smith and Phil and Brooks and DJ and these guys, they obviously are already qualified for a lot of these majors, either for life or for the next 10, 15, 20 years because of what they did prior to live. But you're going to have cases like Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch should 1000% be playing in this U S open. He should Agreed. not have to be going through a qualifier to get there. He, he won't, I don't, once again, you could be playing, on a Muni in a, in a, in a club pro event, if you win back-to-back -back tournaments, <laughs> you're a, you're, you're a very good golfer, whether you're sure. doing it with on any tour. So he absolutely should be playing in the U S open. So eventually these majors are going to need to, for their own sake, for their own sake. So they can still continue to say that we showcase the best golfers in the world. Uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to get these live guys in, incorporated in their qualifying system. It's just, it, whether we like it or not, it's just that's right. what's going to have to happen. Same thing with the Ryder Cup. I mean, the Ryder Cup is going to have to figure that, their thing out as well, too. Honestly, if I'm Jay Monahan in the PGA Tour, we already know that the President's Cup doesn't really garner a lot of eyeballs. Mm -hmm. um, go all in on this. Make the President's Cup PGA Tour versus live. If you, you know, I mean, that you want to talk about a way to, to embrace the chaos, as Nikki put it, <laughs> embrace what's really really going on. And I'll tell you what, if you gave us the president's cup as being PGA tour versus live, tell me you wouldn't watch that. Like you watch the Ryder cup. I would, I, I'm telling you right yeah. now, I would watch that with the same level of excitement and intensity that I watched the Ryder cup because you would literally be embracing and going all in on PGA tour versus live. It's an interesting point. I mean, I, I feel like that's a rabbit hole that we, we could talk more about, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, I think where I'm at with the whole thing too, uh, you know, so we've got the, the PGA championship is next week. 18 of these live players are going to be in that, in that tournament. And I prefer to keep the news of an event about the event itself and not the off the course stuff. So that's why I kind of balk a little bit just as a side note regarding like if we do a PGA tour versus live tour thing. Um, now that being said, you can't argue with the level of golf that you could see. And we will probably see the same next week at the PGA uh, championship at Oak Hill country club. Obviously Justin Thomas, Nikki, one of your favorites is the defending champion and talk about a guy that, you know, I don't know, like Justin Thomas is one of those guys where he is so red hot at some points 
And, you know, even to the point where you could make the argument, he's the best player anywhere when he's playing his best with the possible exception of John Rahm. But he's also just so hot and cold, you know, and I believe, you know, most recently, obviously, there were some comments from JT regarding, you know, he's not where he wanted to be. He just turned 30. You know, we had a lot of jokes, at least I did regarding all that. But, you know, I see him as somebody who could definitely repeat at this major, despite all of this other stuff that's been going on around him. I mean, what are your guys thoughts on the the, the championship next week and what we're about to see? Nikki, let's start with you. I think JT is, I, I will always like ride or die for JT. Um, mm-hmm. And I think to me, for, for whatever reason, like he, he just gives me like PGA championship vibes. Like, and I've mm-hmm. said this before, but like, there's just something about like JT is to like, the PGA championship and like to CBS, what like Rory is to NBC. Like, and I feel like that, like in my brain, like that's how I like segment them. Like when I think of JT, I think of CBS. When I think of Rory, I think of NBC. And like, I don't know why, but that's just how I break it down in my head. And so like, like regardless of kind of how he's playing. Yeah. I think he, I think he's always going to have a shot at the PGA championship just because of how that tournament is set up, how it's laid out because it's more like CBS aligned. Like, I don't know. That's just, that's just how, that's how I see it in my head. Um, Mm. I think, I think he had a really rough time with Augusta and how he finished in Augusta. I think he was like, not happy with how he Mm -hmm. finished in Augusta. Um, I know we all made the jokes about how like, Oh, if he just would make a bogey, then Tiger will make the cut. And like, he took one for the team for Tiger. And like, I don't like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't do. I think he did it on purpose. No, I don't think he did it on purpose, but like, did it make for a good story? Yeah, sure. It made for a good story. But I think I, I went through and looked at the, um, I do this, it is every year actually, but like, I look through like the Getty images at the end of every day, mm-hmm. um, at Augusta and like looking through the Getty images of JT at the end of his round, he was just distraught like you could Mm -hmm. tell he was not happy he was upset he was frustrated and um yeah I don't know I don't know how it's gonna go at the PGA because remember last year he was he was in it but he Mm -hmm. wasn't like up there and like really he didn't win that tournament Mito lost it with one of the worst driver swings ever (laughs) exactly exactly and and so like yes he has the trophy but like is is that going to you know how how is he going to is he going to can he repeat again this year and if he does is can he actually win it or is it going to be is it going to have to be the same situation is it going to be him winning it or is it going to be have to be somebody else losing it for him to actually you know take another trophy home yeah dan what 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 are your thoughts on this whole thing i mean mito pereira do you ever do that abbreviated follow-through when you're on the course there dan (laughs) Me, I, if I'm making solid contact and doing any sort of follow through, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy these days, but, uh, real quick with what Nikki was saying too, as we learned from full swing also that on top of him not playing great, those first few days, he was battling, was it sinus issues or whatever that was where he had to go to the CVS and his credit card wasn't working. That was, (laughs) that, that, that whole thing was hilarious. I was like that. I've never related so much to JT in my life than trying to go pay something at the self-checkout and they won't take my credit card. So anyway, besides that point though, onto the PGA, um, 
I think what the Masters taught us, as we talked about earlier with Phil coming in second, I think what this year's Masters taught us is we know nothing. I have no clue what's going to happen. And I don't think anyone, everyone can come out and say, oh, this is who's going to win. And all these experts will come out and say, this is what's going to happen. We know nothing. Phil Mickelson came in second at the Masters this year. We know nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, uh, Scotty Scheffler obviously is playing very well right now. Rom, before he took his little time off, was basically essentially unbeatable. You know, it's a major championship, which means Brooks Kepka will be in the equation because when majors roll around, he turns, you know, that he turns it on mm-hmm. like, like nobody else. So, uh, JT, like, like Nikki said, JT, um, JT is the, is the PGA championship. I think part of that too, is the fact that his father was a PGA professional. I think that's what, that's what makes me kind of think like JT is the PGA. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can never count him out. Honestly, uh, we'll see if he plays, if Jordan Spieth can get his wrist feeling okay. And he goes out there and plays. I feel like you can never count him out of a major either because he'll start the week, you know, with three doubles and then he'll immediately go ahead and, and birdie the entire back nine. So it's like, you know, you can never count him out either. So I think that, I feel like every year we say that the majors are as wide open as they've ever been. So I'm going to be a broken record and say this major is as wide open as it's ever been. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I, I just want to see a club pro win one year. That's that's kind of where I'm at. My, my buddy, amazing. Uh, shout out to my buddy, Andy Michelson. He uh, he just lost in the final to Chris French from Rockford, Illinois to get into the tournament. Mm. And so uh, Chris uh, French, who's a really strong player, um, I would just I would just love to see a club pro. It's, I just think this tournament for as much, uh, you know, as much grief as it gets for not being like the cool major or whatever. I still think it's really neat that these club professionals get to play in it. And mm-hmm. that, that would just kind of make my my PGA championship dreams come true is to see one of those it's, guys win it. It's the same with the Masters. And I would love to eventually one day see an amateur win it yeah. again because it was literally started as an amateur by an amateur as an amateur event. So I think this, it, it works that same way. Like it'd be cool to see it return to its roots and, you know, see someone who's not supposed to win it, win it. Right. Absolutely. Well, we're getting close to time here, folks. Um, once again, be sure to go out and follow us all over the place at Golf Unfiltered. It's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's all the things, as well as be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel here where you're going to see additional uh interviews all the ones that we do here on camera we've also just added a new feature on youtube where you can actually go and subscribe to its own little podcast feature it's the same episodes but it's easier to find that way uh we've got a lot of stuff coming up in the world of golf i know that you're going to be hearing a lot more from this team Uh, we're going to shift a little bit more to that platform for those who have listened to this show for a long time you know we kind of go back and forth but we want to try to do more episodes just like this one so we can talk about what's going on in the world of golf so nikki always good to see you of course dan you as well listeners we'll be back again next week with another episode enjoy yourselves we'll talk soon bye later dudes